Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I'm all jacked up, and I don't know what to do. Yes, I do. Talk to you on the radio. What's up, everybody? Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Friday. Ton to get to today. Uh, my once and future, I guess I don't even know about the future part, but my once and, fu- uh, once and former uh, colleague, Ryan Tutel, was uh, waffling with the idea of coming on uh, with us today, but instead he's playing in uh, some golf tournament, so... You know, say la vie. Hopefully he's shooting 100. No, I shouldn't say that. Uh, hopefully they're winning. Uh, Grizzly Cross golf tournament out there uh, today. So hopefully uh, low scores by all. But instead, we're going to talk NFL without Tuto. Who needs him anyways? Coulter Nuano is coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and happy to say so. We also have a bunch of high school football for you. And our great friend Carolyn, the ticket doesn't know sports, is going to swing by. And we'll get you all set up for the upcoming weekend uh, with all the scheduling from around high school, college, and professional football. So should be a fun show. Plenty of football. Speaking of, right before we came on the air, if you were watching SWX Montana Television, they were playing their highlight reel of the day. And... Uh, Last night, they broadcast, and many uh, young ladies participated in the first uh, girls' flag football game in the history of the state of Montana. Highlights were sick. They looked so sweet. Uh, The uh, 
athleticism was just top notch and uh, sweet throws and uh, very impressed. And impressed with the production, but also impressed with the uh, the talent of the athletes. And uh, we've come a long ways. Fifty year anniversary of Title IX, and now we got some flag football at the high school level uh, here in the state of Montana. So pretty cool. And uh, good job by SWX for broadcasting that as well. So tons of football uh, in today's show. Uh, we'll also talk some Ime Udoka, some Robert Sarver. There's a lot of drama going on in the uh, the NBA right now, and uh, none of it's very good. But uh, certainly controversy brings uh, eyeballs. So uh, we'll talk about some of that stuff with uh, Carolyn the chicken does no sports uh, at the top of the hour. It's also Friday. So that means it's a Florence Coffee Company Friday. Thanks to Floco for all their continued support. We got tons of new followers on the Instagrams. And uh, also got uh, a couple of you hooked up with tickets to the homecoming game. Thanks to Florence Coffee. So we appreciate that collaborative promotion. We always love marrying the caffeine, the coffee with the, with the football. So thanks to Floco for uh, hooking you guys up with some homecoming tickets. That was earlier on this week. It's homecoming weekend, so you can stay up late, hang out with your friends. And uh, no matter where you're at, in Missoula or around uh, the state of Montana, there's a Florence Coffee Company near you. It's also Friday, so that means it's a Friday pie day. We have... A free pizza pie, courtesy of Front Street Pizza here in Missoula. So stay tuned for that. About 5.30, we'll be giving you the opportunity to win uh, a free large pizza from Front Street Pizza Friday Pie Day each Friday. Front Street Pizza is delicious. It's located down there uh, on Front Street right across from the old public library, just a block up from the, just a block up from the new public library. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be giving you an opportunity to win a uh, Large pizza from Front Street Pizza. If you see me on television taking pictures, it's because I forgot. Uh, I, I was just thinking about this being Friday of homecoming weekend, and it's the 40th anniversary celebration this weekend of the University of Montana's 1982 Big Sky Conference championship team. Crazy to think this was 40 years ago, but I have a picture of this team uh, here in the office. Actually, Mary Staninger, who's the uh, late wife or the the wife of late uh, and longtime NFL agent Ken Staninger, one of my neighbors growing up, she dropped off a whole bunch of Kenny's old sports memorabilia and almanacs and things like that and a bunch of cool stuff. But this picture happened to be in there. And if you've been following along here, uh, we've become great friends, and, and Marty Mornowig has become a great friend of this show. And Coach Marty, who spent 26 years in the NFL, well, 15 years before that, he was the quarterback on this team. And they're having a little reunion uh, tonight, downtown Missoula. So I'm going to definitely go swing by there. And uh, he was just asking me to, to send him a, uh, a copy of this picture. So I, uh, before I forget, decided I shall oblige. So always a fun time when it's uh, homecoming weekend. And Friday homecoming weekend, always one of the best times of the year uh, around the Garden City and around college campuses across the country. So there you go. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Any and all real estate questions you might have in uh, Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. ESPN Montana app. 
Great way to follow along. Stream the show. You can also always go over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, uh, if you want to win that free pizza pie a little later on, or you just have questions, comments, concerns, you want to be a part of the discussion, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, or in this case, the Rangers Brothers RV text line. So call us or text us, 888-1029, if you want to be a part of the show. Well, all football all the time. The renewal of our uh, long-time, long-term and uh, favorite NFL uh, analysis segment. A lot of times we uh, frame this around betting lines, but today I'm just going to give you some overall general thoughts and storylines from uh, across the, uh, the National Football League. Uh, first of all, before we get into my uh, seemingly uh, much too long, <laughs> no way we're going to get to all these bullet points. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. I don't have two till here to steal my air. So uh, maybe we will. But I, I want to ask our guy, Andrew, in the back. I actually have two things for you, Andrew. Now, first of all, you had the great idea of uh, getting some more content rolling on the ESPN Montana app uh, outside of this show as well as Grizz Hockey, which will uh, debut a week from today. So very exciting. I must amend also, uh, they had a schedule change, and I got crossed up in my own memory which one it was. I had, I had heard from Mike Anderson, the Grizz Hockey coach, when he was in here last, they were going to be playing the University of Providence next Friday, but they're not. They had a scheduling rearrangement. So Idaho will be in town next Friday. I was waffling and questioning myself and stumbling all over my words yesterday when I was trying to talk about it. But it's Idaho next Friday. Uh, don't worry about that, though. Uh, you're just going to be there for the debut game. It's going to be a, a fun time for sure. But we uh, we had an idea to start adding new content to the app. This time of year, so much of um, our content centers upon football. That's what you want. That's what we like. That's what we do. But we, uh, we added a new element on our Skyline Sports YouTube channel as well as our ESPN Montana app, uh, just kind of a co-collaboration there where I'll be breaking down all the other fall sports uh, at both Montana and Montana State. And just giving you, you know, 10, 15-minute little updates on uh, some of the things that are pertinent to know. Uh, so good job spearheading that idea, Andrew. But my my first question for you, though, is another thing that we've been doing here that's uh, relatively new is Andrew's Soccer Podcast, Soccer and Snow and Smoke. It's a great podcast uh, all about soccer from a Montana lens, but on a variety of levels, high school soccer, club soccer around the state, University of Montana women's soccer, as well as uh, international soccer too. Uh, what's going on with soccer and snow and smoke? What uh, what's what's on the horizon? What's coming up? Well, I'm thinking it's probably about time to have Chris Chitovitsky back in the studio. We had him in here, of course, the head coach of the Montana women's soccer team right after their season opening weekend, the Rumble in the Rockies. That was about a month ago, believe it or not. This weekend, they're going into the first weekend of conference play, so I'd love to get back with him and regroup and talk about that sometime next week. So that should probably be the next episode. Aside from that, Coulter, I've got some stuff in the can already. I've got a couple podcasts coming out of that Soccer Day Missoula event last month where I was able to meet some really interesting people and have some really interesting conversations. 
So there'll be more content coming out of that. We'll probably swing into some World Cup preview content before you know it. I know that's happening in December, but that's going to be here before you know it. So stay tuned to Soccer and Snow and Smoke. The most recent one's still up. Cameron Salerno of the Sacramento Bee joining me to talk about Sacramento Republic FC making it to the U.S. Open Cup final, which I thought was one of the better stories in sports this summer, and I really enjoyed that run, and I really enjoyed talking with Cameron and getting a little bit of an inside look at that. Uh, but we've got plenty brewing at Soccer and Snow and Smoke. The uh, the Grizz soccer team, a 3-2-5 and five record in the non-conference. They went undefeated and also winless against the Mountain West. Four ties in four matches. So very uh, strong performance. I think Chris Chudovitsky deserves a ton of credit for scaling the program like he has. They, oftentimes at small school, in, in small school sports, you hear all the reasons why you can't rather than embracing all the reasons why you can. One of the things I love about Chris Chudovitsky is he only thinks about the things that they can, the reasons that they can. He really wants the team to be one of the great powers in the region. And my biggest argument for, whether it's the Grizz or the Cats or whatever, moving up or moving into a different, uh, you know, um, landscape, trying to better themselves is that what's cooler for a college town than Missoula, Montana? I don't know. I've never been to a cooler town, a, a cooler college town than Missoula, Montana. I haven't. And I've been to a ton of college towns. I've been covering college sports for a living for 16 years. So, I, you know, I think for all of the, the reasons, the financial reasons, the weather reasons, whatever, that you think might impede you, well, why not just swing for the fences, shoot for the stars? And... uh try to bring in the best of the best and try to be as good as you possibly can be. I know every college athlete and athletic program is trying to be the best, but I also think that sometimes excuses and limitations get in the way of, of progress. Okay, Andrew, my second question for you, though, not to get completely off topic, but thank you for uh, for that tease, is what are, you, what are you thinking about the NFL season so far? First of all, your, uh, your Philadelphia Eagles are... Uh, are looking good. They were many of the sharps for betting uh, pretty in vogue picks. Uh, What's your favorite storyline, though, with the Eagles and otherwise around the NFL right now? Well, with the Eagles, it would have to be the emergence of Jalen Hurts, and everybody knows how big a year this was for him because the Eagles have so much much draft capital in next year's draft. This is almost like a tryout year for him. Because they could go in and get their pick, basically, of quarterbacks in next year's draft if they really wanted to, if he didn't put it together this year. So far, it's looking like he's putting it together, and he's just a fun guy to root for. He's a fun guy to watch, certainly, because he's so athletic and exciting. He's starting to put it together with the reads, the more pro-style passing offense, at least through two games. Now, that's sort of the storyline I'm watching in the rest of the league. It's tough to come up with anything through two games, you know? Yep. You always pointed out, after two weeks, you know, there are only five five teams undefeated, five or six teams winless. Everybody else is one and one. What what else are you going to take away from that? In the NFL, because of the parity, it can switch so quickly, right? Any of these teams, I think especially the ones that are one and one, well, we don't have much of an opinion on them right now. Any of those teams could, could win four in a row, could lose four in a row coming out of it. 
New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, with me, Coulter Nuanas, talking all football all the time, our NFL segment for the week. And and I, I agree, there's actually a common thread that binds here. I know it's Nick Sirianni's second season there in Philadelphia, but it's the first year where they've truly uh, been all in and committed to Jalen Hurts. He was their guy down the stretch last year, got him into the, the playoffs. Uh, but... I think that that's the common storyline right now in the NFL is this. You look at the teams that are undefeated. The Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants in the NFC East. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. And that's it. Well, the, the Bills and the Bucks are two of the favorites to win their respective conferences and to win the, the, the Super Bowl. So they're 2-0 because they're good. They're 2-0 because they have two of the best quarterbacks in the league. They're 2-0 because they have some of the best continuity between their coaching staff and their players. They're 2-0 because they have lights-out players defensively as well. That is that I, I don't question the sustainability. The sustainability of, if, I mean, I think that there's no, unless Josh Allen got, a, you know, a, a catastrophic injury, there's not really any other scenario that would really convince me that the Bills could be derailed so bad that they would like finish seven and ten. I don't really see that happening under any circumstance besides some catastrophe. Same thing with the Bucks. They're, they're going to be there in the playoff mix at the very least, and, and almost certainly the favorites to win their division, and, and certainly contenders to, to win the the NFC. The other teams, though, that are undefeated, and the Eagles a little bit less than the other ones, but the Dolphins. The uh, oh the Chiefs are undefeated too, and the Chiefs exact same dynamic as I just described as as the Bills and uh, the Bucks. They're just good. I mean, they got the best coach in the league in Andy Reid. They got one of the best quarterbacks of all time already in Patrick Mahomes. So th- that that makes sense too. But the other ones, the the Giants to a certain extent, the Eagles, but not quite as much, and the Dolphins. They're rolling with the newness of it all, the element of surprise, the element of not having a book out yet on what. These teams want to do. Brian Dable has been great for the Giants, but the originality and some of the the new unknown stuff that he's been doing offensively. What this is how the NFL works. If you have something new and innovative, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the competition for as as long as eight to ten weeks. I would say, like harken back to Robert Griffin III's rookie year in Washington. All of the the zone read stuff and the read option stuff and the the quick hitting RPO stuff that the the then Redskins were doing was taking the the league by storm. Nobody had a game plan for it. Or or harken back to when the Miami Dolphins started running the true Wildcat with with Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams and and, uh, that whole group back in like the early 2000s. That was a phenomenon, and the and the NFL took about eight weeks to catch up. But once someone figures out the formula, how to stop you, then everyone else will copy that formula. That's where it takes so much to stay ahead of the curve. That's why Bill Belichick is such a mastermind. That's why Kyle Shanahan, with all the creative stuff he does in the run game for the San Francisco 49ers, He's continued to diversify it, and even when teams figure out how to take away something, he adds something else. He adds something new. So right now, 
Mike McDaniel with the Miami Dolphins, Brian Dable uh, with the New York Giants, and not quite as much, but to a certain extent, Nick Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. They're doing stuff that's catching their opponents a little bit off guard, or that's a little bit ahead of the curve. There isn't a definitive plan on how to stop it yet. Now, the Dolphins might have a definitive advantage in that their formula for success is not just the creativity and the originality of it all, but also that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle might be the fastest pair of receivers to ever play together in the NFL. They're certainly up there. Uh, I, I, I would put them in the finals of the final heat for sure <laughs> if you're going to have wide receiver pairs uh, running sprints against each other. So that might be the, the great X factor beyond just uh, staying ahead of the curve with the creativity element of it. In uh, New York, I mean, talk about galvanizing a team. You go for it. Uh, you go for two to win your first game, and that that puts you ahead of the uh, or that, that gives you this huge shot in the arm. And then you go capitalize on it, and Saquon Barkley looks reborn, and all of a sudden you're two and zero. All I'm saying though is, it, you'd have a hard time talking me out of the Chiefs, Bills, and Bucks sustaining their success. The number one factor in the Dolphins, Eagles, and Giants sustaining their success after this 2-0 start is it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Teams figure out how to crack the code of what they're doing offensively. When that happens, how do they adjust? We, we saw this with the Chiefs a little bit, right? Patrick Mahomes comes in, he rips up the NFL for like a season and a half plus, maybe even a season and three quarters before he really incurred any sort of adversity. Then once he did, though, they looked a little bit clunky. Everybody starts dropping eight. They're, they're just keeping everything underneath. They're not letting Tyree Kill run deep anymore. And they're making Mahomes really dissect them surgically rather than these big monster plays, throws off the back foot, 45-yard touchdowns. But that's where Andy Reid is so great. That's where Mahomes deserves so much credit. Teams cracked the code. Then the Chiefs continued to evolve. Lamar Jackson's had to go through it quite a bit in Baltimore as well. But now after, and I know they lost last week, but I mean, that was a vintage Lamar Jackson performance, just up and down the field, doing it with his arm, doing it with his legs. And uh, that's all to say, once the quote-unquote element of surprise is eliminated a little bit, how do you sustain it? That's going to be the key for some of these teams that you maybe pin as the surprise 2-0 teams so far in the National Football League. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Coulter Nuanas, appreciate you being here. All right, some more NFL thoughts for you. Uh, I know there's been much made of the drama at the quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns. They took their former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, Escorted him out of town. Now he's in Carolina. They signed Deshaun Watson to the richest contract in the history of the National Football League with his status and his availability completely uncertain given all of the -the off-the-field indiscretions that he has uh, been uh, targeted with and been going through. That said, I know Jacoby Brissett is not somebody that you'd, you'd ever just fully pin your Super Bowl wagon to. But the Cleveland Browns have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have premier players on their defense, starting with Miles Garrett 
uh, and also including Denzel Ward. And they also have the best one-two punch at running back in the National Football League. Last night, the Browns ran the ball straight down the Pittsburgh Steelers' throats. If you can run the ball like that, you can win games. So I thought, you know, you never want to make, make too much out of one game. But I thought last night with how much or how efficient the uh, the Browns were able to run the football last night, uh, I think the Browns are much more of a contender than, uh, than maybe people are giving them credit for, even with their uh, mediocrity or whatever you want to call it. They don't have a star at quarterback. They don't have a guy that can win them games at quarterback. I, I shouldn't say that. It's not that Jacoby Brissett's not a winning player. He's just not going to take the team on his shoulders and win you the game like Justin Herbert or, or uh, Aaron Rodgers or whatever. It's also hilarious the way that the college game skews your ability to analyze numbers. Like when I'm watching last night, it just seems like the Browns are blowing the Steelers straight off the ball. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are running in space all day. And then you look at the stats, 38 carries for 171 yards and, and 4.5 yards per carry. That would seem just like a pretty average run-of-the-mill stat line if you're covering a college game. But that is straight pounding a team in the NFL. And that's what I'm always arguing about. We say this is such an offensive, high-flying league. I would argue with how long the games are, the possession counts, and how many unbelievable athletes there are in the NFL. I think it's a defensive league. The fact that you only score three or four times in a game, it's crazy. It's... uh, I know there's less possessions than a college game and all that, but I think the defenses don't get enough credit. That's all to say, though, the Browns can run the rock, and if you can run the rock, you're going to be in it with a lot of different opponents. I also said after week one that I was going to have a hard time believing the Steelers could ever be bad. Well, uh, T.J. Watt's out, and Mitch Trubisky is horrible, and I can totally believe why the Steelers can be bad because the Steelers are pretty bad, and that's because they have a quarterback that really has no chance. You, if you followed along here, Nuanas now, you know I don't like, I shouldn't say that. You know I do not advocate whatsoever for Kirk Cousins, and I think he's a terrible quarterback situation for the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm always saying, well, I'd rather have this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy than uh, Kirk Cousins. There's there's one guy I wouldn't rather have, that's Mitch Trubisky. I know he's bad enough that you you could actually go fast-track your way to the number one pick, but he's so far away from being able to actually operate in an NFL game that uh, it it ain't good. A couple other things uh, about the NFL. I mentioned all the uh, the, uh, the 2-0 teams. There's been such a huge narrative right now about, though, the Buffalo Bills and their potential to go undefeated. Forget about it. That's, That's garbage. Don't listen to that. The NFL is just too good. Anybody can beat anybody. It really is true. The salary cap model is what promotes the parity, and the parity is what makes it so popular, and that's exactly why the Bills are not going to go undefeated. If they won 14, 15 games, I I, I could believe that. But they are uh, – to say that they are fast-tracking towards 17-0 after they've only won two, uh-uh, pump the brakes. One other thing that Coach Marty, Marty Mornaweg, pointed out to me on Monday was that the quality of player that you, that you employ on the offensive line 
is only part of the the equation when it comes to protecting the passer uh, on passing downs. And that made me think of the Cincinnati Bengals because the Bengals were atrocious on the offensive line last year. Part of the reason, though, they were pinned as being atrocious is because they gave up, I think, 54 sacks last year. But as Coach Marty pointed out, he said he thought about three out of every four sacks is the quarterback's fault, not the offensive line's fault. Then the Bengals went and spent a bunch of money in the offseason on a brand-new offensive line. Well, guess what? Joe Burrow's still getting sacked a bunch. What's the common factor? Ain't the offensive line. Joe Burrow's got to get rid of the ball. One game that I think is a really impactful one just in terms of the way it's going to impact the national narrative this upcoming week is the Indianapolis Colts playing at Arrowhead Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Colts were the betting favorites to win the AFC South. I thought they were the biggest disappointment in the NFL last year, going 9-8 and and missing the playoffs with the roster that they have. And then they come out this year and they start, uh, I guess they're not 0-2. I was going to say they're 0-2. They're without a win, but they're 0-1-1 because they tied the Texans in week one, which might as well be a loss given how bad the Texans are. And then they lost last week as well. So now you're staring an 0-2-1 start in the face, and that's when the narrative could start bubbling about Frank Reich. He has been in a tough spot given that he's had – he went there to coach Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck retires, and now he's had Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. None of them in the, the best – Brissett was pretty uh, – in terms of relatively to his performance – relatively near his prime, but the other guys, Phillip Rivers way over the hill. Carson Wentz, who knows if we'll ever get back to his prime position before he got hurt. And Matt Ryan certainly passed his prime as well. So you got to feel for Frank Reich, but also, if you have playoff and division champion aspirations, I mean, I think the Colts are like the fourth highest uh, odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. You can't start 0-3, or you can't start your first three games without a win, 0-2-1. They ain't going to cut it, but they have an almost impossible task winning an Arrowhead this weekend. So, uh, I don't know. Speaking of other teams that can't afford to start 0-3, excuse me, but one of them will, the Tennessee Titans, who were the AFC South champions a year ago and the number one seed in the AFC, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I think coming into this year, no one thought those two teams would be sitting at 0-2. But they are, and one of them is going to be 0-3 because they play each other. A couple other matchups to highlight here as we wrap up this NFL conversation. If the Lions are any sort of real, and I think a lot of people are thinking that they might be kind of real after watching Hard Knocks, after seeing Dan Campbell, and after they uh, went toe-to-toe with the Eagles in Week 1 and then won last week in Week 2, but if they're any sort of real, they got to be competitive in Minnesota this weekend. And if Minnesota's any sort of good or any sort of real, they got to beat up on the Lions. That, it's just as, as simple as it goes. So I think that's a sneaky, important NFC North game, uh, even though you're saying, oh, the Lions? Well, you know, the Lions are never good. Well... If the Lions are going to break that narrative, break that trend, they got to be good against the Vikings. I don't, I'm not saying they have to go there and win, but they got to be competitive. And if the Vikings are real, they got to have little problems with the uh, the Detroit Lions. Washington and Carolina are both playing home games and they're home underdogs. And I think those are two picks that I would certainly be gravitating toward. Uh, you know, Saints are coming to Carolina, and the Saints are, are pretty good, but. Carolina, you know, I, I don't think they're going to lose at home, or at least I don't think they're going to get – I don't think the Saints are going to go in there and cover. So I, I always think it's interesting when you got home dogs in the NFL. Home dogs cover 
a little more than 50% of the time. So that's something to look at if you're uh, placing some wagers. Rams-Cardinals should be a good one. wonder what the over-under is, but I'd definitely be uh, inclined to take the over. Green Bay-Tampa Bay is going to be an interesting one as too because if you remember last year, week one, Green Bay went to Tampa and got thrashed, 38-3. to Well, this year, Green Bay laid a stinker in their opener against the Vikings, and then they came back last week and looked lights out. So uh, can they get a big win to sort of give them some upward momentum? Uh, we'll see. And uh, then the last game worth highlighting is the uh, Seattle Seahawks hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I'll be at that game. We're going out there to watch a couple of Montana boys. Seahawks tight end Will Disley, who's a Bozeman high product, and Atlanta Falcons linebacker Troy Anderson, who is a Dillon product who played his college ball at Montana State. So it should be fun watching those guys square off against each other. Troy obviously playing for the Atlanta Falcons. So it should be fun to be live and in person for an NFL game, and we'll have some uh, – some feedback and some uh, good experiences to share with all of you once that trip is complete. All football all the time, an NFL conversation once a week here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate you for following along. How about, how about some uh, Friday Night Lights? How about some high school football? Dane Oliver, the head coach of Missoula Sentinel, and his defensive coordinator, Mike Matz, each will join us next. It's our Garden City Spot- Spotlight. Sentinel back in town, Helena High in town. We'll give you a preview of it next. Hebrew right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. ton of great uh, high school football action tonight, including uh, a couple big-time matchups. One between Kalispell Glacier and Helena Capital uh, in the capital city. Glacier coming off of a 38-31 loss to Missoula Sentinel last year, or last week, excuse me, their first loss of the year. But they still got a high-octane offense. Capital, one of two undefeated teams left in the state, along with the Spartans of Sentinel. The other big-time matchup is the team from the capital city, the other one, Helena High, coming here to Missoula to take on Sentinel. Down here at Missoula Sentinel is the Garden City Spotlight, and uh, we got Dana Oliver joining us like he does each week, but also Mike Matz, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Sentinel Spartans, chiming in as well. These guys off to a 4-0 start. Only two teams left in AA 
with 4-0 records. Uh, so, Coach, let's start with last week. Uh, I was following it on Twitter. I was out of town, but I was following it on Twitter. It looked like a thrilling game uh, with Kalispell Glacier. 38-31, Sentinel comes out on top to stay undefeated. So, uh, take us through it. Uh, were, you, were you nervous? Yeah, maybe look calm on the outside, but it was turning pretty good, and that's that's why you coach. You want to be in, in those those moments and see kids uh, either rise to the occasion or, you know, maybe have some stuff to work on. But, you know, if you just look at last week, we practiced indoors three days, and for us to get up and put a product on the field and come out with a victory, it was just a win just getting that because um, we, were, we were wounded. Uh, it's a lot of cramping. I think it had to do with just a week without, you know, the volume and training that you get from sprinting outside. So I thought our bigs indoor didn't affect us that much, but definitely the skill coverage-wise, receiver play, I uh, was definitely affected by the indoor. So uh, always a battle with Glacier, but just super pleased with uh, with how we played. Uh, Coach Matt's Glacier came into the game averaging, I think, 53.5 points per game. I mean, they'd scored 60 a couple times. I mean, Gage Slider is, is the real deal. He's leading the state right now in passing. They go four wide a lot. So did you have to adjust to what you guys do defensively? And if so, how do you think the kids handled the adjustment? Yeah, you know, they, they do a great job, Coach Bennett. Those guys are they're tough to scheme against, and, and that quarterback is, is legit. Um, we had to adjust a little bit in the game. They were trying to get our nickel. Uh, kind of pin him into the boundaries, so we had to go to a different package to keep him into the field. You know, our kids just kept playing. Um, you know, being down 14, you, you'd think the sideline would be a little bit rattled, but, I, you know, I think we know we got to give the ball to Adam Jones and get back into this thing, and that, and that happened. Um, but, yeah, our, our kids just are, kept playing. I think they trust each other. They kind of lean on our values, and, and, and we ended up pulling it off. Sometimes, uh, Dane, there's a, there's a storyline where when kids commit early, it relieves some stress off of them. Uh, but then oftentimes, though, it puts a target on guys' backs, too, especially if they're skill guys. And then everybody else in the state's like, well, I'm pretty good, too. I'm going to go hit this guy pretty hard. Uh, but it looks like Adam Jones is coming into his own as well. So, I mean, how have you thought of the way he's sort of adjusted to that target? And, uh, I mean, he's been, been pretty dominant these last two weeks. Yeah, I think definitely uh, great kid, 4.0 student, yeah. has high expectations for himself and uh, was you could see him press in a little bit and he's definitely settled in. I think we as a coaching staff recognize that and, and recognize he's good in space and I think maybe utilizing Kellen Curtis a little bit more inside running. Uh, he scored two touchdowns for us and then using Adam as that compliment uh, was, was a big was a big factor in Adam's success. So, and, and Riley's throwing the ball well, and Carson Bites on the edge is playing well, and we've had a lot of receivers, a lot of Danny Sermons, a threat up the middle. So, all those things coming together allows Adam to thrive, and he knows that. And uh, but, but once again, great kid and great player. Garden City Spotlight here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Dan Oliver, Mike Matz joining us here uh, on ESPN. Uh, you mentioned Riley Allen. We haven't talked much about him. And you, and you guys have had some great quarterbacks the last couple of years. He's really coming into his own as well. What have you liked about the way that he's been able to grasp the offense? What I've liked best about Riley is just trying to be Riley. Yeah. He's not trying to be uh, – when you follow great quarterbacks we have, there's those expectations that you've got to be something something like similar to Zach Cruz or Rylan Ord or Mitch Roberts or Camden Sermon. We've had a pretty good run, Dayton Bay. You right. know, and then, like just be yourself. Yeah. And he's distributing the ball well. Uh, we, he knows he's got playmakers on the edge and just make good decisions, take care of the football. Uh, and, and, but he, he works really hard during the week to get to that point. And that's what I've most been pleased with is preparation. 
Hey, Coach Betts, what's what's the next steps for this defense? Then Helena High coming to town, and they're three and one. They've won some squeakers, a couple of really close games. Uh, what have you seen out of them, and what's the next steps just for you guys defensively as you continue to try to improve? You know, they they got a good running back. Cade Holland is a tough, tough football player. He plays hard. Um, you know, for us, it's our perimeter tackling has got to get better. Um, I think a little bit, a little bit of that was the product of being inside last week and, and not getting those quality reps like you normally do. Um, so we struggled a little bit early on. We settled in. You know, guys like Adam Jones really helped. I mean, he can close so fast, and he helped us in that area. Uh, but that's got to show up right away. Um, I think they're going to come in and try to run the ball. Um, they, they've shown an ability to do that, so we got to tackle better, and that, that starts with those guys on the outside. For pretty much my whole life, Helena High's had two coaches, <laughs> Tony Arnston and Scott Evans, and they, they look the same under Coach Evans as they did under, under Coach Arnston, by and large. Does, do they look any different now with uh, Dane Broadhead leading the way? You seem a similar structure. I think like all of us as coaches in high school, you have to adjust your scheme based on the kids you have, and I've seen them do that. Um, but just the, they pass the eye test is the first thing I noticed. And home has always been looked like that. So you see some big tight ends and big bodies, and, and just there's a grittiness and toughness. And I've been super impressed by those two inside linebackers. I know Cade plays defense, but uh, the other inside backers, just good football players. And, you know, they put it on us at JV last year. It's a, it's a great product, great opponent. Um, and for us, it's always been just about focusing on us and getting better. And, um, and our kids, they, they, they want to learn. They want to meet the expectations that we hear here at Sentinel. And I've been super impressed by their preparation this week. Dan Oliver, Mike Matz, Missoula Sentinel hosts Helena High on Friday night here in Missoula. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Colter. Current City Spotlight rolls on. What's up with Big Sky and Hellgate? Andrew Houghton's got the scoop. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. Definitely one of my favorite shows of the summer. A little Goo Goo Dolls for you here on your Friday. I hope you have a phenomenal end to your week. Homecoming weekend here in Missoula should be a fun one. Also, Friday Night Lights descending upon us once again tonight. Missoula Sentinel in town. Missoula Big Sky and Missoula Hellgate out of town. The Eagles play at Naranchi Stadium. Butte High School. Garden City Spotlight. Matt Johnson, head coach of the Big Sky Eagles, joining us as we continue to take a look around the world of Missoula High School football. Coach Johnson and the Eagles coming off a 56-7 loss to Helena Capital last week. They're going to Butte High. As he said, good old Naranchi Stadium this Friday to play the Butte High Bulldogs. Coach, first of all, how you doing, man? Oh, doing pretty well. Even got a little uh, help from the weather, cool things off a bit. You guys last week, and I, I don't know how much you take away from that game. Again, a 56-7 loss to Helen and Capital. But what did you see from that game? Did you think you made any progress as that one went on? Oh, for sure. Um, we definitely had some good things come around and you know Helena Capitals at a different level right now they're they're rolling pretty well and they got a lot of seniors on their team I think I 26 seniors or something and um I don't know four or five that are going on to play for Cats and Grizz and um so you know we we, we knew who they were and it, it was going to be a battle and they're they're a big physical team they got a lot of size and speed and um so for us we we had certain things that you know they maybe don't show up on paper but i thought we were able to take away and um you know gain a little bit from anyway 
Well, that's good to hear you guys this week heading on the road to Butte. What are just your initial thoughts on that matchup? You know, a team that's we kind of got out of the gauntlet there a little bit uh, the last couple games, and now somebody that's, you know, Butte's got some good things, but a little more closer in caliber to us, uh, I think, right now as far as, you know, size of the team. And uh, they got a couple of young guys that are pretty good playing, and um, we got a couple of young guys. And so matchup-wise, it's a little better fit for us anyway. And, um, you know, their quarterback, kind of the world revolves around their quarterback on offense. And um, and they do a good job here. Coach Gray's done a good job there for quite a while, and they do a good job executing what they want to do, and they stick to their plan. And um, all the games I've watched on them, might not get it early, but late in the game, they're still doing the same thing, and things start to work for them. So we know we'll have our hands full, but we feel like we have a good opportunity in front of us. Well, yeah, you mentioned the gauntlet. You guys came through playing Helena Capital the week after you guys played Kalispell Glacier. How are you guys feeling after those couple games? I mean, especially with the health of it, those are two tough teams. Yeah, for sure. We, you know, came out pretty healthy for the most part. Um, had a couple little bang-ups, but um, feel like, you know, I keep telling our kids, you got to, the challenge is what makes you better all the time. So you got to be able to have that challenge and measure yourself, and and that's where you start to learn a lot about who you are and, and what you're going to accomplish. And um, I thought, you know, one thing, give our kids a lot of credit, they're going to fight to the the very end of every game, no matter no matter what the scoreboard says, and right there alone's a, a pretty huge quality. Definitely, and as we mentioned, you guys going to play Butte this week. The Bulldogs two and three open the season with a win over Billings Senior, then lost three in a row, bounced back to beat Flathead pretty good last week. Any individual matchups that you've been watching for that game? I mean, who are their players that you're really watching out for? Well, Guernsey for sure. He's a good receiver. Um, and they got the two freshmen, Stodge Carr and, um, oh, what's the other one? The basketball coach's kid. You know, they're pretty good athletes. Um, their, their running back goes pretty hard. <clears throat> so th- those could be tough matchups for us, but I, I feel like we have some strength in our secondary. Um, you know, a couple little nuances that we can throw in there and, and see if we can challenge them and, and mess with them a little bit. But, um, and then for us, we, you know, we feel like offensively we should be able to get some of our stuff going. We, we got to get our run game established it, try and establish it early. And I've been happy with where our pass game's at, um, doing a pretty good job with that stuff. So got to be able to build on it, see if we can attack them, you know, both avenues there. Well, that's right. Cameron Guernsey, wide receiver for Butte, committed to the Montana Grizzlies not too long ago. It's Coach Matt Johnson of the Big Sky Eagles joining us for the Garden City Spotlight. The Eagles are heading over to Butte to play the Bulldogs this week. Coach, anything else on your mind heading into that game? You know, uh, not a ton. I love I love going over there to play. That's a nostalgic stadium and great setup, and I love that the fans are right on you and, and harping on you. And um, I don't know. It's a great environment, great high school football environment, and uh, I just – you know that's what I keep trying to tell our kids. We got we got to rise up to that and, and embrace it, embrace what it is, and um, you know enjoy that part of it. So, you know that's our goal: go over there, see if we can uh, be opportunistic and get some things to work for us, and 
if we're in it at the end of the game, I like our odds. Well, there you go. Garden City Spotlight with Big Sky head coach Matt Johnson, the Eagles, heading over to play the Butte Bulldogs this Friday. Coach, appreciate the insight. Appreciate the time as always. Good luck on Friday, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Butte's one of the teams I don't have a gauge on yet. They had 32 seniors last year. They lost all of them, obviously. That's what happens in high school football. But uh, it should be a good one in the Mining City tonight. How about the last Missoula school, Garden City Spotlight, here on Nuanas Now? Garden City Spotlight continues. It's Ryan Nelson, first-year head coach of the Hellgate High football team, joining us now as we continue our look around the Missoula High School football scene. Hellgate coming off a loss to Helena High last week, going up to Kalispell Flathead this week. And, and Coach, I don't know if you take anything away from a game like you had last week, 42-15 loss to Helena High, but did you feel like you guys made any progress over that game? Uh, did you did you take anything away from it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, for one, to, to go in with the, the 15-7, um, you know, lead it at halftime. I mean, I think we were we were pretty comfortable with where we were at going in at half, and 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 confident in, in how we were playing. You know, both sides of the ball, special teams. Um, you know, truly thought that we had outplayed. You know, Helena High in the first half. Um, you know, and so it was just a came down to just you know finishing the second half and 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 uh, just kind of kind of completing that uh, first game that we've been kind of chasing. You know, that's kind of been the story for us this season is, um, you know, put a couple of quarters together, two and a half, three quarters together, but uh, we, we just kind of seem to fail in, in putting a complete game together. And, and uh, you know, as you know, it's pretty difficult to win football games when, when that happens. So, um, you know, our focus is just to continue to, you know, to put four quarters of football together, you know, and I think if we can do that, you know, tomorrow night to, I think it uh, should go in our favor. Did they hit you with any big adjustments coming out of halftime in that one, or, or what went wrong there in the in the second half of that game? You know, we we ended up having a couple of injuries in the first half. Um, you know, Connor Fitzpatrick, he's uh, one of our better defensive players, um, ended up breaking his arm in the second quarter, and so that was kind of a big blow, especially up front on our defensive line. Um, you know, and then they also just kind of hit hit us with some big plays. I mean, that was the the story for us defensively is we, we played pretty well and we kept everything in front of us. It was just, uh, we had a couple of coverage breakdowns that resulted in some big plays and, and touchdowns for them. And, and, you know, it's hard, you know, we talk about it. It doesn't matter what level of football you're playing. You know, it's uh, when, when a team kind of starts to, to take the momentum, you know, it's, it's, it's hard at times to uh, try to shift it back in your favor. And um, I think that's kind of where we struggle. It's mm. a difficult time. Uh, shifting the momentum back to us and, and uh, you know, continue to, to keep things rolling like we had it going in the first half. Well, talking about the momentum here, it's Ryan Nelson, head coach of Hellgate High. They're going up the flathead to play Kalispell Flathead on Friday night. Coming off two tough games, you guys played Sentinel, you guys played Helena. We talked about that. How do you guys get momentum back rolling now into this game against Flathead? I think the big thing is, is getting healthy, you know, um, dealing with some of the injuries that we've had, you know, fortunately um, not all of them have been season ending for some of the guys that we've got dinged up. Uh, so we should get a few guys back this week from, from some stuff that was kind of ailing them the, the last week. Um, and then we've also had a little bit of, of some illness and sickness going around too, that has kept guys out of practice and, 
and um you know so it's it's tough when you know you might only have some kids for you know one or two practices on the week just because they're dealing with some injuries or, or illness and and so i feel like we're finally starting to get back to uh to be you know about as healthy as we can be um and so i think that's that's going to be important for us and big for us tomorrow night uh you know it's just make sure that we've we've got the best guys on the field you know um never easy when when you're you're having guys uh you know stepping in and having to play some positions that they maybe aren't used to playing or or have uh, little to to no experience in in some of those spots and uh, so it's just going to be nice to to put that that uh, complete veteran group back on the field tomorrow night well that is definitely a big thing just getting everybody healthy back on the field coach we haven't talked i don't think i've talked to you at all this season how are you feeling about the way your team's progressed to now we're getting towards the middle of the season. Your guys are going into your fifth game, one and three record. But how have you felt about the way the kids have been developing, um, about the way that you guys have moved forward since the beginning of the season? Yeah, you know, I think it's something I constantly have to, you know, remind myself of is is that, uh, you know, with with the, the change in me at, at, at becoming the head coach here at Hellgate, you know, it's. Uh, different philosophies, different schemes. And with that, you know, it, it takes time for, um, you know, for the kids to, to gain a true understanding of, of what we want Hellgate football to be, um, you know, and then just some of the changes that we've made offensively and defensively. It's, uh, you know, every everybody, I think us as coaches, you know, we're just as bad as, as the rest of society and wanting things to happen right now. And, of course, that's kind of what we're used to with the, you know, usually everything's kind of right at your fingertips and, and, you know, you hit Google and you search something and boom, it's there and it's done and you have it. And then, so it's just kind of remind myself that, you know, it was with everything that's kind of new with, with me taking over the program, um, it's going to take time for it to, you know, for it to develop and to get things where we want them to be. Um, I certainly can't ask anything more from the group that we've got. I mean, they've, they have bought in and, and, um, you know, really kind of taken some of these changes as on the run and, and adapted as, as all of us have had to a little bit. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's the big thing is, is we're just trying to, you know, continue to take each, each day to itself and each week and, and just focus on us and, and, uh, continue to work on becoming better football players and, and just, uh, you know, a better overall football team. Yeah, you guys, as we mentioned, going up to play Kalispell Flathead on Friday. What are you expecting from that game? What are you know you're going to be watching out for going into that game? What are you expecting from Flathead? Yeah, you know they they showed a lot of option um, against Butte and had some success with it. And uh, you know they were also kind of they uh, got kind of got cute with a couple of trick plays and it and it ended up you know going big for them. They scored on both plays. Unfortunately, they got called back because of penalties. You know so. Um, you know, they, they, they certainly show that they've, they, they have it, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, I think we've been in the similar boat as not hurting ourselves. And so, um, you know, I think it's, it could be a pretty fun matchup, you know, for, for both squads and, and, uh, you know, just like every week, it's going to come down to executes better and, and, uh, you know, is able to, to put a complete game together and, um, you know, looking forward to it should be fun. Well, very good. It's Hellgate head football coach Ryan Nelson joining us on the Garden City Spotlight right before the Knights head up to take on Kalispell Flathead. Coach, appreciate your time. Appreciate your insight. Thank you for sharing both of them with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Garden City Spotlight.
every Friday here on Nuanas Now. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We got a pizza pie coming up in about 30 minutes. Free large pizza from Front Street Pizza. Plus, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Some laughs and some more serious topics as well. What's up with Ime Udoku? What's up with Robert Sarber? None of it's very good. Drama in the NBA. All that next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 